Welcome to Healing Hearts, empowering critical care providers. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended as a training tool for Children's Hospital and Medical Center personnel. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Complete information regarding the podcast, including its limitations on usage, is available under the episode description. Welcome to Healing Hearts. I'm Dr. Laura Ortman, and I'm a cardiac intensivist at Children's Hospital Medical Center in Omaha, Nebraska. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing the reverse POTS shunt, also sometimes just called the POTS shunt. I'll talk about what it is, when we use it, and what to watch out for when a patient with this shunt is in the cardiac ICU. So let's get started. Reverse POTS shunts are uncommon, and honestly, I had never even heard of one until after I became a CICU attending because they just weren't being done when I was in training. But as experience with reverse POTS shunts grows, they may become more common, and if you are working in a CICU, you should probably know about them. The original POTS shunt was developed in the 1940s and was an anastomosis between the left pulmonary artery and the descending aorta. This was used to palliate cyanotic heart disease, similar in concept to the BTT shunt. Nowadays, POTS shunts use a Gore-Tex tube rather than a direct anastomosis, but the location is the same, the descending aorta to the left pulmonary artery. We don't use POTS shunts anymore for congenital heart disease. In fact, the kids getting these shunts now usually have normal two-ventricle anatomy, but what they do have is severe pulmonary hypertension. Idiopathic pulmonary hypertension is rare in children, but the consequences are severe. Pulmonary hypertension occurs when changes to the blood vessels in the lungs increases resistance and pressure in the pulmonary arteries. The reasons this happens are not well understood and are irreversible. Mortality after diagnosis of severe idiopathic pulmonary hypertension is high, and average survival in children is less than a year after diagnosis. Pulmonary hypertension also decreases quality of life, with patients experience syncope, shortness of breath, and inability to do normal childhood activities. There are medications that can help lower pulmonary artery pressures, though patients are still at risk for sudden death, both from pulmonary hypertensive crisis, when the vessels shut down so tight blood can't flow through the lungs, and from right ventricular failure. The RV was not designed to pump against high pressures, and so dilates and eventually fails. The only curative treatment for pulmonary hypertension is lung transplant, which itself is high risk. The POTS shunt was first reported as a treatment for severe pulmonary hypertension in 2004 in France. When used for congenital heart disease, blood would flow from the aorta to the left pulmonary artery to supply the lungs with blood and increase the patient's saturation. However, when being used for pulmonary hypertension, the pressure in the pulmonary arteries is higher than the systemic blood pressure. Therefore, blood will flow from the pulmonary arteries to the aorta. That's why we call this a reverse POTS shunt, as blood is flowing in the opposite direction than what was intended when this shunt was first developed. This decreases the pressure the right heart is pumping against, making it less likely to fail. This shunt can also provide protection against sudden death from pulmonary hypertensive crisis, since even if the pressure in the lungs is too high for blood to flow through them, there is still blood flowing to the body. It will be blue blood, but better to have perfusion and low saturation than no perfusion at all at least for a while. Because deoxygenated blood is crossing into the systemic circulation, the patient will be cyanotic below the level of the shunt. This explains why the location of this particular shunt was chosen. 
Red blood leaving the heart will still flow to the brain and the coronary arteries. The lower body gets the blue blood from the shunt and will likely be more tolerant to cyanosis than the brain would be. This surgery is technically not difficult for the surgeon and does not require a cardiopulmonary bypass run. This will typically be the first surgery for these patients, so you won't have the difficulties we often see with repeat operations. But this is still very high risk because patients with supersystemic pulmonary pressures are some of the most fragile patients you will take care of in the CICU, both due to pulmonary hypertensive crisis and heart failure. So the goal after surgery is to minimize insults that will acutely increase pulmonary artery pressure. This means providing adequate FiO2 and avoiding hypercapnia. Make sure pain is well controlled and add ionotropes to support right heart function. Anticoagulation is also required to prevent clotting of the shunt. There isn't enough data yet to conclude that reverse pot shunts improve long-term survival or reduce the need for lung transplant, but they do appear to improve quality of life, and that's a good start. Thanks for joining me today. In the next episode, I'll discuss interrupted aortic arch and the Yasui procedure. For more information about Children's Hospital and Medical Center, visit childrensomaha.org. Thanks for listening to Healing Hearts, empowering critical care providers.